In just a few minutes, we'll be right with you with another award-winning, action-packed edition of your Tony Basilio Show. Buenos dias, how you be? Tony Basilio and you, welcoming you to another edition of your Basilio Show, your refuge, your source, your place where you can hang out, be you, let your hair down for a few hours on this summer day. Make me feel fine, blowing all that jasmine through my mind. Brian Hartman's alongside. We are sans Sean Sinclair today, who is um, on assignment. Brian, how we doing, brother? What does blowing jasmine through my mind mean? I think it's a lyric you write when you're pretty lit up on some... um, Coo-hoo-hoo's and the hoo-hoo and the woo-woo. Because you'll never hear that anywhere else. And the stuff that killed Elvis. But it's a beautiful lyric. Blow all that jasmine in your mind, man. Beautiful song, too. Great song. Done in many different genres. The Isley Brothers did it. There's a heavy metal version of it. Uh, The Isley Brothers is the best, though. Oh, yeah. By far. Yeah, all the versions are great. Yeah, that the Isley Brothers version is uh, it's pre next level, pre next level. So we've got a lot to get to today. Mike Detillier is going to join us. We're going to check in with him. The Manning Passing Academy, the impact of Joe Milton there, and Mike's thoughts on that, as well as Mike's thoughts on how and why and how LSU is getting so serious on these sports. Plus, Gabe DeArmond. We'll uh, check in with him. Missouri appears on Tennessee's schedule this year. A lot of your heroes don't appear on his stamps. And Missouri won't appear on Tennessee's schedule next year. What does Missouri's new reality look like going forward when they go to 6-3? See, I'm of the belief then when it comes to the scheduling deal, the 6-3 deal, the 6-3 thing is going to happen. So I'd like to personally thank my neighbors for inviting us to um, what turned out to almost be lighting our neighborhood on fire. It wasn't Dean Vance style of several years ago, but it got pretty close there for a while. Brian, we, we got treated to a backyard fireworks display, some expensive stuff it looked like, but couple of them went sideways and weren't supposed to go sideways, which was really fun, Bri. That's part of the allure of the homemade firework display is when you light that fuse and they either come back at you or just start shooting sideways, and it's just, there's just that out-of-control nature to it. There's a reason why, since I turned about 20, yeah. That I leave the fireworks up to the professionals and let them handle all of them. That's no doubt my, that is my MO as well. I used to be very, 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 almost got expelled uh, from Tennessee playing with fireworks, but I guess I had to fib my way out of that one, but who's counting all these years later? At any rate, Mike Detelier is going to join us. We got a lot to get into. Joey Chestnut reigns supreme. I, I put in my blog yesterday, or this morning, by the way, over at tclub.team, which has some funny stuff in it, some fun stuff in it as well. Some of your favorite moments as recounted by this audience, and I gave everybody uh, 
their uh, flowers in the blog today who uh, called in and shared something that I found interesting. Uh, I gave you flowers today and put your name in there, so show your friends. And they'll tell two friends and so on and so on. But I think it's really in very much a commentary on where we are in our society when a hot dog eating contest can get lightninged out or have a lightning delay, and yet you can literally be destroying yourself eating what you're eating. It's just so fun. And destroying neighborhoods with your infatuation with stuff that blows up. Well, Brian, I'll stop. See, now Brian's fixated. I should never brought that up. Mike Dettelier on the other side after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin.
For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. Oh my gosh, do I love Mike Dettelier. I mean, I don't like the guy. I love the guy. I don't like him. I love him. I mean, it's a, it's a confession here in your TLD Logistics hotline. Online at tldlogistics.com. The great, you bow your head when you say his name. The great Mike Dettelier now joining. And uh, Mike, happy 4th slash 5th of July to you. Happy birthday, America. And, uh, you know, what can be more American than the first family of football, the Mannings and the Manning Passing Academy, which has become like a uh, it's become like a rite of, of late spring, early summer passage, hasn't it? Yeah, and the crazy thing about that is um, 
in the four days leading to Manning, we have the largest line camp in America here. Uh, Pete Jenkins, a uh, longtime defensive line coach uh, in Southeast Conference in the NFL, has it. We had a record crowd. We had over 700 kids. One day off, and then Manning starts, and this year's Manning camp was the largest attended Manning camp ever. It was over 1,300 kids from all across the country, uh, five different countries. Uh, it was unbelievable. So to have that in this little bayou town of Thibodeau, Louisiana, at Nichols State is really something. It really is. I never thought I'd live long enough to see it where it was sort of the mecca uh, for about 11 days uh, of football where everybody was here. So it basically overwhelms that little town, huh? Yeah, and uh, it's good for tourism. I know that <laughs> and, and everything. But, yeah, you know, Manning has just become something special here, not only because of the kids that are here, but because of the councils, the college starting quarterbacks that come here. And uh, they, they had a star-studded group again this year. It was uh, really nice to see in how they – how the kids are sort of starstruck a little bit being around the Mannings and college quarterbacks they've watched on television. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you sort of see it reversed, how the, the college quarterbacks are starstruck to be around the Mannings. But we've had them all here. Uh, Dan Marino's son, John Elway, Jerry Jones's grandson, so, you know, all of them have come here to, to see either their kids or their grandkids uh, here at, at uh, the Manning Camp. And it's uh, been, been quite a deal. When I remember going to the first one, maybe 100, maybe 100 kids. And now it's up to over 1,300. How have the Mannings grown that thing like that, Mike? Uh, it was not Archie's idea. He'd be the first one to tell you. It was Peyton. Uh, Peyton came up with the idea. He looked in the paper, and there were teams getting beat like 52 to 13, and they threw four passes. And he was like, you know, we got to have some sort of camp, maybe just to try to go over things with coaches and players uh, for the pitch and catch game. So it was the vision of Peyton Manning, really, uh, to do this. It started out at southeastern Louisiana and Hammond, and then it outgrew that, and it went to Tulane, and it quickly outgrew that and came to Nichols State, where there's a lot of land, a lot of practice fields where you can practice and, and go through it. And it has become sort of a magnet. Uh, for college quarterbacks here to come here, sort of work out, be around the Mannings, see how it's done, and almost kind of a, I'm going to watch that guy because I'm eventually going to have to play him. And so, yeah, last year Archie had called me and says, I want you, you, you know the list as well as anyone. Um, how many of those quarterbacks are starting in the NFL of the 32 they have 24 of them that attended Manning and of the 62 
say starters or backups, uh, 31 attended Manning. Uh, uh, 41, excuse me, uh, attended Manning. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been something to see. And they got kids here from Michigan, Hawaii, Maine, you name it. Uh, they've all come here. One of the better pictures is uh, they have a gallery of us to watch a 16-year-old Russell Wilson watching uh, advice being given to him on how to throw the football by Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. Wow. So they've been doing this for how long now? It's over, I think it's 23 years. Wow. That's crazy. It's been with us close to a quarter century, huh? Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's really something to see, and now it's become kind of a mini TV show because they, they're filming different episodes you know, now with Peyton's uh, Omaha Productions, they have different things going on all the time. So it's it, it's really something to watch. And the thing about it is, when I was a kid, I went to two Pete Maravich camps. I saw Pete when camp started, and I saw him when it ended, and I never saw him in between. <laughs> it was and he joked about it before he passed away that, uh, man, I, I wish I'd have spent more time, you know, with the kids. But he said, you know, my mind wasn't right for it. It, it just wasn't. And when you come here to see the interaction between Peyton and Eli, uh, Archie's off the golf court, but he's still there giving advice, Cooper Manning. And now you have another generation uh, of little Arch. Uh, that that has been here the last couple of years. It's really interesting to see how that thing has become. No, it's almost like nobody turns it down, right? You get invited to that thing, and you're to be a college counselor. Um, it's like a huge honor. Or or do folks turn it down? Walk me inside that. Yeah, uh, I know we've had a few because of different conferences, and it's harder for say a kid out west, even though we we had both. Washington quarterbacks this year. We had Michael Penix Jr., very impressive young man, really threw the football well. He actually won the Manning uh, Aaron Out contest. And uh, Cameron Ward, who, who I've known for some time, Cameron grew up in the Houston area, and he went. He started his college career at Incarnate Word and then left Incarnate Word and now is the starting quarterback at Washington State. But Caleb Williams couldn't attend this year. He he had something else on the schedule, and uh, he had gotten in touch with Archie and said, you know, he, he just couldn't make it. But they've had a few just because of conflicts or uh, they may be in school uh, trying to get catching up schoolwork. Or we had a couple of them that were involved with weddings that couldn't show up. So they've had a few that not come here. But for the most part, most of the top quarterbacks have been here, and, Again, we got to see it again this year, Drake May, who I thought was the most impressive uh, of all the quarterbacks here from North Carolina. Uh, One of the things with him, he reminded me so much of a young Andrew Luck. Now, Archie remembers Andrew Luck being here three straight years. I I remember two of the three. Uh, I don't remember the the first year. But he reminds me so much of Andrew Luck. Just his 
his physical presence, the way he throws the football, and also sort of how he's genetically pieced together. And there is something about that genetic code. Uh, and Andrew with his dad, Oliver, and Archie played with his dad when he was in Houston with the Oilers. And Drake, you know, his dad was a starting quarterback at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh, Drake's brother uh, was a former college basketball player. And his other brother was a former college baseball player. Yep. So, man, you you got some genetics rolling there. He really, really was an impressive young man to talk to, interview, just to watch him throw the football. His accuracy skills and his touch, he had a lot of Andrew Luck-type traits to him. What I remember when Andrew came here, and um, Archie always says, Mike, you got the best stories because they should follow you. you you've got a treasure chest load of interviews with guys that have been here Andrew that year sat in a room for 45 minutes, and they must have had a 100 reporters, and he did three interviews. One of them I did. And so I think Pete Prisco and Pat Forday did the other two. But because I wanted to grab the local guys first, the LSU, Tulane, Louisiana uh, Lafayette, Nichols State, quarterbacks and i always kept my eye on luck because he was sitting there no one was around him and then i saw pete prisco uh go there but pete had finished up and uh as soon as i finished up with the university of louisiana lafayette quarterback i hustled my way with with my cameraman and we went grab uh uh, uh andrew luck and patrick mahomes I, I did the only interview that that year no one else interviewed him. Mahomes he, came and had one interview. That is so one, great, he, man. He, he just sat there, and uh, my cameraman, uh, who I've done this for years with, I said, we're going to grab him. I said, that's Patrick Mahomes. And he looked at me, and he was like, Patrick Mahomes? Who's he? And I was like, it's a t- uh, Texas Tech quarterback. And he's like, Ain't that the guy that LSU beat the crap out of? The bowl game? I said, yeah, that don't mean anything. I, I know he's pretty good. And so we went, and he stood up. I think he was going to leave. And uh, so when I, I said, Patrick, he turned around. I said, could I get an interview? And he said, yes, sir, you sure can. And he sat down. We talked for quite some time. And, he, you know, we talked about his dad and everything. And so he was real cool, great interview. But. You know, a lot of times they come here for specific guys or to talk to Archie mm-hmm. or Eli or Peyton, and maybe not necessarily the counselors. But, um, you know, my thing is I can talk to Archie and, and, and Eli and Peyton. The other guys, I, you know, I don't get that type of access to. You're breaking it down scientifically. And uh, I, I love, I, I'm telling you, I love Mike Dutelier. Tell me about Joe Milton. What kind of fanfare did he attract? The guy's like, I mean, obviously he's got the freak show arm. Uh, let's unpack it here. Uh, what what kind of uh, ruckus did Joe Milton cause there? You know what? You can tell how talented someone is by how the kids react to him. Uh, and I told you this last year, Anthony Richardson, that when he was at the Aaron Out competition on the Friday night, 
virtually every kid, they were kind of scooted up to the front of their seat to watch him throw a football. Now, Anthony Richardson threw the football that day like he did at Florida. He wildly erratic, but he had a shotgun. I mean, that ball came out of there differently than you would see it come out of someone else's arm. And the kids knew it. Now, they couldn't have told you, you know, his accuracy skill, but they knew he could throw it. And it was the same thing with Joe Milton. And Joe, Cooper Manning made the comment, I'm sitting in the corner of the right end zone. And he, he made the comment, Mike, be careful. Joe Milton might hit you with the ball. And he slung a football 75 yards. He hit a guy on a dime in the corner of the end zone. The first pass he threw, he actually threw it right down the middle of the field, and it was from about the 27-yard line, so it was over 70 yards in flight. He hit the guy at about the three-yard line, and he dropped it. It was uh, actually one of the LSU receivers right through his hands. And, uh, man, he put on a show here. He really did. Anthony Richardson-like with arm talent. I thought he was a more accurate passer than Anthony Richardson was a year ago. He's much more accurate in the short, intermediate part of the game. And it was so funny, and I told him the story when we did the interview last year, Hinden Hooker shows up. And Archie was unsure about Hooker because he had had three teeth uh, worked on and something happened uh, uh, dental-wise. And the doctors had told him, don't go to Thibodeau, Louisiana, and be throwing that football in that heat and humidity. Uh, they knew how hot it would be here. And he was like, no, I gave my word, I'm gone. And Hooker showed up here. And I interviewed him, and I talked to him about Joe Milton, and he was like, Joe Milton has all the tools to be a star player. He said he just has to develop consistency. And uh, so I told that to Joe, and he was like, yeah, he said, I think he's right. <laughs> but, you know, you could tell Joe, he, he just wants to play right now. He wants to show everyone that that game against Clemson was just not a flash situation. And so um, he was impressive. Uh, he was more accurate throwing the football in the short intermediate part of the game than I thought he would be, to be honest with you. I thought he had a nice touch for a guy who has got a rocket uh, for an arm. Uh, it, very reminiscent of Anthony Richardson. And then he did something Richardson did a year ago. He completed that 75-yard throw, and he did a backflip. In the air, came down, and everybody was, whoa. You know, you just hope he lands right and doesn't hurt himself. But man, he had done it before. But, he, you know, he, he's a totally different personality than Anthony Richardson was. And he's gregarious, and he's funny. And, you know, you know coming from the Florida area, from Pahokee, Florida, I know where that's at. That's very similar to the Bayou country. And uh, he, he mentioned it in the interview. It's similar uh, in a lot of different ways. And it's the same hometown as of Ricky Jackson, uh, former Saints player who's in Pro Football's Hall of Fame. So I, I thought he, he looked better than I thought he would look, to be honest. 
in the short game. I knew he had a rocket. I knew he could throw a ball. But he threw the football really well in that short, intermediate part of the game when they were working on it. Really did. And you could see Peyton and Eli sort of working with him, similar to what they worked with Jalen Hurts when he came here. Uh, well, he came here as a Alabama player and as an Oklahoma player. Uh, so on his footwork, on on planting his feet and, and having better body balance, you could see that is something both Mannings were sort of talking to him about. Really, 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 really interesting stuff as we visit with Mike Dettelier, who's giving a first-person account of what he witnessed um, at um, – at the at the Manning Passing Academy and your account, because Cooper Manning likes to joke around anyway. You could just visualize <laughs> oh, yeah. him walking over to you and going, "Dude, you better keep your head on a swivel here, because this guy's gonna hit you with a football." And you're like, "No, he actually said it on a microphone because he's at <laughs> the, he's at midfield and he sees Milton's up next to throw, but he saw where." Uh, we did four hours for WWL there, and so I was in the corner of the end zone, but I was right at the corner, right at sort of the uh, where it ended at, and he saw I was I was there, and he made the comment, "Be careful, the ball's going to be headed in your direction," and he was right, but I mean he threw that thing on a dime, <laughs> and that receiver um, from uh, University of Louisiana, he he made the catch. He hit him right smack dab in the hands with it. And I'm telling you, that was 75 yards in flight. So the question is, right, with Milton, because I can't figure him out. You know, all that getting benched at Michigan, getting benched here, looking like a million bucks in the Clemson game. It's like, obviously, he's like the X factor. Like a lot of these quarterbacks are, you know, for these programs, but he's, He's more an X factor than anybody because even though he has all that physical talent, he remains kind of a mystery, at least to me. Like, what kind of 2023 is he going to have? Do, do you walk away from something like that feeling better about him, or is that not football, just going down there and throwing against air? Where, where are you on that? You know, I, I feel better about him. You can tell when a guy's accurate and when he's not. Every once in a while, you'll have somebody fool you. And Drew Locke was that. Well, he was at Missouri. And he comes here, and the reputation was highly erratic. But Drew had played a lot of football at Missouri. He came in here, and he's thrown to receivers he's never thrown to before. Uh, these are receivers from LSU or Tulane, Southern, Grambling, Southeastern, Southern Miss, you, you name it. And he was really good. And Archie and I sort of looked at one another as that, man, he didn't come in here with that reputation. And it sort of fooled you because he can make every throw in the world. Uh, but he was a really accurate those three days throwing the football. <laughs> and then you watch him in the NFL, he's what exactly what you had seen in that he's all over the board. With Joe Milton, I come away feeling much better about him after watching him than I did before. Because <clears throat> I knew the accuracy skills were there. 
I just wanted to see him do it consistently. Uh, last year, we joked around about uh, LSU had three quarterbacks here. And Miles um, Brennan, uh, Jaden Daniels, and uh, Garrett Nussmeyer. The guy who threw the football the worst was Jaden Daniels. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Uh, his first five or six throws, he wasn't close to hitting receivers. Wasn't close. And then he settled down. And all of a sudden, you could see the talent in him. It's almost like how the season went for him. That he had moments where he was erratic. And yet, then once he settled down, he really looked good uh, throwing the ball. But of the three, if you were going to rank him, he'd have probably ranked third. Uh, just because of his, his slow start here at Manning on the Saturday morning, it was awful. <clears throat> but then he, he settled down. And he really looked good. And by the evening practice, he threw the football as well as any of them. But, man, he had a rough morning throwing the ball. With Joe, he didn't go through that. You could see it. And, again, how you can tell, look at the kids, how they reacted. And I remember when Matt Stafford was here and how they were, man, that guy from Georgia can play. Well, no kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah, he came in with that. Andrew Luck, wow, that guy was unbelievable. Josh Allen, when he came here, the kids were stereoid watching him throw the football. This was Josh Allen before Josh Allen. How the kids reacted to his ability to throw football, and I will say this, he threw a wet football better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. We had a pouring down rain. On a Saturday afternoon at Manning, once the lightning stopped, Archie was unsure if he should do the the air it out, and Josh was, I'm ready, let's go. And they had a light rain, no lightning, no thunder, and he threw a, a wet football, and I'm not kidding you this, uh, close to 80 yards. and It was sopping wet when he got up to throw, because he was the third guy to throw it. The other two, if they got the football, you know, 35, 40 yards downfield, it was plenty. But it was the kids to watch Josh Allen. And they were all sort of scooted up because they knew that he could hum it. It was it was something to see. And so I feel much better about Milton watching him not just throw the long ball, but how he was with his mechanics in the short to intermediate part of the uh, field. And he can, he's got some wheels on him, too. <laughs> he can move around the pocket really, really well. So I guess my question for you is, um, what kind of season do you see him having? I think he's going to have a really good season. <laughs> I really do. Um, when I look at the Southeast Conference, take Jaden Daniels out of the mix. Tell me what you expect from any of the quarterbacks in the SEC this year. Uh, you, I don't. Okay, uh, K.J. Jefferson's a little different because I've seen a lot of him. Oh. I sort of know what I'm going to get from yes. from Jefferson. Yes. Mississippi State quarterback, uh, he's, he, I think he's been here three years. Uh, he, he's almost ready for Social Security of the Manning program. But the other guys, it's sort of a mystery tour uh, from Florida 
to Spencer Rattler was yep. highly erratic here yep, yep, at South yep. Carolina. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, but that's just the way Spencer is. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think he's going to have those moments where he looks good, and then other times he's going to be hot and cold. That's uh, just, I think, part of his makeup. Um the Alabama quarterback. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen there. What's going to happen at Georgia? Uh, you know, it's it's all across the board uh, in the SEC this year. It's different than a year ago, where you had a pretty good mix. You knew what Stetson Bennett was. You knew all about Bryce Young. Um, Richardson, you could see the talent, but you know, again. I could just tell within five minutes, one pass is great, and he might throw two of them over the top of someone's head. And I think that's kind of what you saw a little bit at Florida. He made so many plays with his feet, and then at times he'd blow hot and cold as a passer. Um, This year I think it's the biggest question mark in the SEC. So I think you have some certainty, a little bit more certainty with Milton, then you do a lot of other guys other than, say, a Jane Daniels or Will Rogers, uh, those type guys, or K.J. Jefferson. The rest of it, you're just guessing. To say you know, you really don't. Now, and it's wild, too, to think about Alabama coming into the season with an unsettled quarterback mix. Uh, Graham Mertz. Like, how many of the other Southeastern Conference guys, uh, Mike, appeared at Manning? Georgia sit none, Alabama sit none. Now that is the call of the head coach. Uh, Archie does not like to have a quarterback here and it's a quarterback controversy because he knows what's going to happen. Uh, they're going to get caught in this media mix and they're going to get a lot of questions about certain things. And so they, he leaves that up to the head coach if he wants to send them or not. Uh, one way or another. And so we didn't see the Alabama quarterback. We didn't see the Georgia quarterback. We didn't see any of the Ole Miss guys like we have seen almost every year. Uh, and because, again, you you kind of getting caught there, too. Last year it was uh, Jackson Dart that was here. So they try to stay away from that because of the – Maybe some of the other things that would happen, not on the practice field, but away from the field. Mm-hmm. And so they, they leave that up to the head coach. Was was Nico there? No. Okay. So it's almost like a, a deal where uh, you got some mileage on your tires to, um, to be there. It's pretty interesting. Um, but they had both Texas. Well, Arch was here two days. He okay. didn't stay the whole four. Uh, but Quinn, Quinn was here from Texas. And normally, Archie doesn't like to bring multiple quarterbacks mm-hmm. from the same school. Right. He did. He did this. He did last year at LSU, and he did it again this year because of his connection with Garrett Nussmeyer's dad, Doug, uh, who was a former Saints player, but. He doesn't like to bring multiple quarterbacks from the same school here. And, again, not having to do what's on the field, but sort of away from it when the 
there around the media part. And, they, and he leaves that up to the head coach if he wants to do that or not. Mike Dettelier, you're a gentleman, a scholar. Who were the three most impressive quarterbacks you saw there? Number one would be Drake May. Number two would be Michael Penix Jr. Three, it's close, but it would be Jaden Daniels from LSU, Joe Milton, the third. It would be those three, but those four. Jaden looks totally different from the guy I saw a year ago. And he, he really, he really threw the football with a lot of confidence, and and you can see that um, the offense isn't going to be an issue this year at LSU. If anything, it's going to be on defense especially in the secondary, because you have no idea who's going to play cornerback. or And they've had some difficulties at safety with some injuries. But uh, uh, Jaden Daniels is real McCoy. He's bigger than he was a year ago, looks more accurate, and uh, throwing the football with more body balance and mechanics uh, than I saw a year ago. Really smart thing he did for his career, uh, getting into the Southeastern Conference, obviously. And, and his... His level of improvement from that Tennessee game to the end of the year was, wow. It was pretty incredible if he can follow that trajectory. May, you know, May's interesting because I had heard that Alabama was, you know, trying to tamper around with him and get him over there and offered him a bunch of money. And apparently blood is thicker than money because uh, he stayed put uh, there at UNC. I, I do believe Alabama was heavily involved with him. He, he addressed it not with school, but he did say he had opportunities to leave and that he just felt strongly about staying at North Carolina. The other quarterback that mentioned it quite a bit, too, and he's been here three years, is Michael Pratt from Tulane. Uh, Pratt brought it up a couple different times mm. when we spoke that he had a lot of schools that were interested and him leaving, and to think about how it ended at Tulane, and maybe the greatest season ever at Tulane, and then they beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. Um, I, I could have understood that, and maybe he goes somewhere else. But uh, uh, May brought it up that you know that he had some offers to leave, uh, but that he decided that he was going to stay and finish it out uh, in North Carolina. And that he, he felt the loyalty to the program and to the school. And, and I'm sure, you know, he's getting a handsome name, image, likeness deal at North Carolina, too. Let's not beat around the bush about it. Uh, but he, he did bring it up that he had, he had opportunities to leave. And so did Michael Pratt. Those were the two guys that really spoke probably the most about it. Uh, I, I don't remember. Penix or Daniels or any of the other guys bringing that up, but Pratt did from Tulane, and certainly so did Drake. You are incredible today. If folks want to um, listen to you, read your stuff, any of that, how do they do so, Mike Detelier? And, man, thanks for jumping on on July 5. No problem. Uh, off of uh, com. also at Mike Detelier on Twitter and uh we got an interview today. Uh, we sort of playing them little by little with uh, Cameron Ward, who's another really interesting player. I'm telling you that that guy's got some talent at Washington State, and uh, 
you're going to be hearing a lot about not only Penix at Washington, but also Cameron Ward, uh, who's a Houston Texan kid who, man, he had to get used to that weather. <laughs> it's totally different, man. He's like, man, he's like, Coach, I never threw the football in 50-degree weather, and it's raining and it's snowing. Never. And he said, I thought it was a disadvantage, and then I realized it's really an advantage to us because we more used of it. And he said, I got used of it. And it was interesting to hear his mix on it. It was a guy that grew up in Houston, then goes to San Antonio, Texas, mm-hmm. at Incarnate Word. Then he goes to Washington State. My dad had served uh, time in the Navy out in that area, so he had always told me it almost rains every day or snow or whatever. He said, it's cool and it's rainy. And he said, I had to get used to that. He said, I wasn't used to that, uh, living in Houston and living in San Antonio. Mike, to tell you, you are without peer, in uh, my humble opinion. And you also know a great athlete when you see one. Your love on Twitter yesterday for Joey Chestnut will not be forgotten by the living fan. <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, listen. People have everyone want to say, a guy that can eat 61 hot dogs in 10 minutes is a freaking world-class athlete in my book, brother. The other thing, too, with Joey, he's yeah. been here in the city, yes. and he was a world champion, fat boy, pizza eater, also charbroiled oysters. How, how many? How much pizza did the guy eat? Okay, this was over like a 40-minute, it's like 42 minutes, I don't know why, right. mm-hmm. but, but he ate... Now, the, the size of these pizzas at Fat Boys is unbelievable. But he, he ate like 34 pieces of Fat Boys pizza. Oh, and the, the oysters, I mean, it was <sighs> dozens. And when you see him, you say, there's no way that that little guy can swallow that much food. <sighs> but, man, he, he can put it down. And so, But the charbroiled oysters, man, uh, he... He, he, he did sort of wink at me because we interviewed him before. He said, man, I, I, I love charbroiled oysters. I, I love them. <laughs> and, man, he put them away. He, he put them away. He wasn't savoring the taste of that particular day. But he, that Fat Boy's Pizza and the, the charbroiled oysters, yeah, he was the champ over here, too, in New Orleans. Chestnut's incredible. You're, um, if, you, if you could do a food, right, and, you know, like, Super eat it like that. What what would your food be? Oh, it would be fried shrimp for me. Oh, I, love- <laughs> no, I don't even have to think. Shrimp. I don't even have to think about oh, that. That would be easy. Oh. Yeah. Hey, you're the man, brother. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. A man ate sixty one hot dogs, Brian. Brian, what would your food be if they were to say to you, okay? We're gonna we're gonna line this thing up and and you're gonna show us your eating prowess and and what, what do you think your food would be, Brian? I think mine would be chicken tenders oh. from Chick Fil A oh, or just God. anybody's Calvary's Chick Fil A. Oh. Chick chicken tenders are that's a phenomenal one because you could sit there and just pound those things. Yeah, you could you could put away seriously. I could I could probably if I really worked at it could probably put away over 20 to 30 of those the if com- i really wanted to and roger would eat i think i think uh goldbrick told We'd, me that roger ate the 60 was it 60 nuggets in one sitting he watched him do it um the 
the thing with competitive eating is they take it to extremes. Like yesterday, you know, that thing was on, and and I was uh, out on the porch just sort of getting some fresh air and fooling around with another thing that we do around here. And uh, I'd gotten done that work and got in, and they were in a rain delay, so it was about 2 o'clock, and I was eating because I'm trained to eat around 2. That's the time I eat my lunch. And, um, you know, with the show and all that. So I just stay on the normal schedule. And I'll tell you what, I was, I put this in the blog today, I was eating and watching Joey Chestnut, and at one point I looked over, and one of those people had like hot dog, like almost coming out of their nose. (laughs) I mean, I don't know how you describe that, but it's like they eat so much, they eat so much. Did you see the guy that had the huge, like the long beard? That had all kinds of gross stuff. Gross stuff in his beard, yes. That was disgusting. And they take that water and they slosh the hot dog around in the water to make the bun smaller and they just shove it down their throat. And you're just kind of like, Brian, when you hear um, Detillier talk about Joe Milton like that, are are you buying, selling, or trading Milton in the fall? What do you think? This is the time where we ponder things such as this. You buying, selling, or trading him, Brian? I think he took a step forward last year. He didn't play a tremendous amount, but when he did play, I think he, to me, he did impress. He gave me no reason to think that they'd be in trouble with him as quarterback. Now, can he do it as the every-down guy throughout the entire season? And it sounds like, just if you look at the other QB situations in the league, that Tennessee's ceiling really could be 10-2. I mean, if... if if he plays, if if he if he's where Detillier describes him, yes. Now, am I buying that he's fully right? Look, I I think, and I'm not I'm not knocking Milton. Please, nobody take this the wrong way. Please, nobody take this the wrong way. I'm not. Okay, I know people are gonna misquote this. Jarek Garantano taught me and should have taught all of us that football is not played on air football is an 11 on 11 proposition it's getting to the line it's reading and reacting and making proper decision after proper decision after proper decision and by the way that's what it's always going to be i think it's fascinating though that his arm is such that every kid at the camp would stop and watch him. I could absolutely picture that. 1,200 kids from all over the world. This guy's out there. Let's watch this dude. As I remind you one more time that Mike Detillier appeared on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. I don't think that... If Jared Garantano went down there, I don't think all I don't think a lot of the other campers would have stopped to watch him. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And and, and I'm and look, I'm not close minded to the fact that this guy could have a just a huge, huge season. Because here's the deal. You're in Josh Heupel's offense and you are you are walking three steps ahead. Than the average bear. Those of you that are getting ready to eat lunch, I, I want you to 
you think about those competitive eaters, I want you to think about the person that uh, I think it was Jim Richards told me when he was uh, he might still be with I don't know the the uh, God, the Crystal Corporation down in Chattanooga they had a eating contest and Brian he saw somebody down there put down like four pounds of mayonnaise in one setting I think that would kill you wouldn't it <laughs> I mean I don't know how these people do that I mean they go to Crystals and ate mayonnaise Joey Chestnut. Joey, no, it's a crystal eating contest down in Chattanooga. Joey Chestnut consumed like I don't know what was it like eighteen thousand calories yesterday or some crazy in ten minutes. Ten minutes. Well, he take, consumed like forty hot dogs in five minutes. Take a brief timeout. Yeah, he really he looked like he was going to get going to hit eighty there for a second. Sixty-two. He really needs to work on his game. I think he's won it like. Uh, 14 out of 15 years, something like that. I remember when Kobayashi and Sonya the Black Widow were ruling things. And, Brian, why weren't there women out there yesterday? They used to have women out there with them, too. They they do, but they don't show it. They don't show that part of it. So it's just the men now? They're, yeah, they just show. They, the women's contest, they mention it, but they don't. Ah, I don't think they show it on television. I used to love watching the Black Widow eat. Sonya the Black, I think her name's the Black Sonya. At least. They didn't while I was watching it. I, I just saw the men do their thing and just the introductions to that. But When Kobayashi used to do the Kobayashi shake, that was incredible. That little dude, I think he was a Japanese guy. And and he would get down to the last couple and he would start shaking. He would start shaking what he had. I mean, the, ain't that America? It's you and it's me on the other side after this. Uh, Gabe DeArmond done some phone calls. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby, king of the precious stones, for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224.
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. June is Dairy Month, and the Murray County Farm Bureau salutes our dairy farmers and the dairy industry for the many contributions to our economy and our health. Milk is the original nutritional powerhouse drink with 8 grams of protein and 13 essential nutrients to keep you energized all summer long. Plus, who doesn't like ice cream? Our hardworking dairy farmers are dedicated to dairy and proud to help produce nature's perfect food. When you sit down to your next meal, pour one more glass of milk and celebrate June Dairy Month. Yeah, I just want to say that your show is disgusting. Two white men and a white woman attacking a black man who's a Democrat. You act like a bunch of Southern disgusting human beings. You need to get off the mayor. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Hey, Del, you made a comment and called me a jackass yesterday. Well, it, it, there was a uh, that was a friendly comment. Uh, that, okay, uh, but but that go ahead and, and seal my faith as being a Democrat. You know, we got a jackass as a symbol, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm a true Democrat, buddy. So okay. it wasn't a put down from my perspective. It was a peg up. So that's, thanks a lot. That's the way to go. <laughs> Just own it. Yes, sir. Three dudes with a view, triggering liberals between Dollywood and Graceland Monday through Thursday from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM. Blast into big July fun all summer long. You won't need sparklers, spinners, Roman candles, or any other fancy fireworks. You'll be rocketing toward explosive top prizes of up to $500,000 with the all-new July Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Hurry in and pick out your favorites today. Find them at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. 
What happens when the thrill of Powerball meets the thrill of NASCAR? You get a chance to win an exciting trip for two to the NASCAR Championship Race in Phoenix, Arizona. Plus, the chance to win a million dollars in a special drawing. Enter the NASCAR Powerball Playoff Second Chance Drawing at TNVIPRewards.com between June 23rd and July 31st for your chance to win. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. NASCAR is used with express permission. NASCAR LLC is not a sponsor of this promotion. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Joe Antonio's, I welcome you back. It is an incredible Wednesday, July 5. And Gabe DeArmond, I hope you celebrated our nation's birthday in your own special way. Well, my special way now seems to be that July 4th is the day that all these kids think they should commit. So uh, I wrote a couple of commitment stories and didn't do much. It's weird, man. This whole um, football recruiting thing in May, June, and in the early July is like, and this is when it's done now. This is it. It's bizarre world, isn't it? it? It really is. I mean, if you look across the SEC, Missouri, it, had had like seven commitments over the last week. They're finally up to ten, and I still think that's about the fewest overall commitments in the SEC. I mean, most of these places are going to have their classes done, and I, I think the big reason is because the transfer portal now, all, all these coaches spend after the season chasing transfers, so they lock in whatever high school kids they're going to get, you know, largely by September. And so what has the approach been of the Missouri staff in terms of mix of transfer portal and then uh, just the, just the way they're building their roster there. Yeah, they've they've taken double digit transfers. I, I think three years in a row now, or since whenever this you know free transfer started. And I keep saying I'm looking for that to drop a little bit because I, I think if you're taking twelve transfers every year it probably means you got a lot of holes on your roster because you're not recruiting transfers to come in and develop for three years. You're recruiting transfers to come in and play. So if you're taking 12 transfers, it means you got a lot of places you need people to play. So I've been telling Missouri fans, in my opinion, that the good sign will be when that transfer number drops to 5, 6, 7 because it just means you're filling in a few holes. And I know fans like to say now, well, high school recruiting doesn't matter. I still think it does. I just don't think that, that you're going to build a sustainable program that's at the level you want by taking 10 to 15, you know, one to two year band aids every year. Maybe you can. I, I know there are some coaches that, that probably think they can. I, I just don't see it as the formula. I still think you're in, in this league, especially, you're going to have to go out and get some high school kids that you turn into players. And they don't all have to be four and five stars. I mean, you can take some two and three star kids and second, third year in the program, turn them into better players than people thought. Now, the tough part of that also, of course, is that these kids aren't really waiting around to play now. If, if they're not playing in their first year or two, they're hitting the portal. I mean, at Drinkwitz's 2021 class, which was this big deal because it was ranked 19th in the country, it was the highest Missouri had ever had. I don't remember the exact numbers, but there were something like 24 kids in that class, and I think 16 or 17 of them are gone now. Some of them because they weren't good enough. A couple of them because they were good and went somewhere better. But, you know, it, it's a tough balance. I, I don't know what the right answer is, but I, I still think high school recruiting going to matter. It's got to. And here's the other thing about the portal. 
And, and I was talking with uh, with one of these kind of GM types that I've gotten to know down through the years at one of these schools, and he, he was telling me, he said, look, the, the people that the players that are in the portal, a lot of times, he goes, and I don't mean this the way it's going to sound, but a lot of times these are somebody else's problem when you start yeah. dealing with the portal. I, I mean, and if you look at it just, from the perspective of a program like Missouri that's like, you know, middle, lower middle of the SEC that's obviously trying to climb their way up. Well, there's two types of transfers you're going to get. The first are kids that played at a lower level, you know, a group of five level, maybe FCS, whatever, that, that think they're good enough to take that jump. The other is kids from, you know, programs that you're trying to catch, but they weren't playing there. I mean, a kid that's playing – at Tennessee, at Auburn, at Alabama, whatever, he's not going to transfer to Missouri. If you're getting a kid from those schools, it's probably because they weren't playing there. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to turn into good players, and obviously there are some exceptions there. But, you know, you take a kid like Tyron Hopper, who was playing some at Florida. He comes here. He's probably Missouri's second-best player last year. So it works sometimes. But I just don't think it's – I mean, if the goal is to catch, you know – Georgia, Alabama, now Tennessee, LSU, these programs, you're probably not doing it with kids that they've already decided weren't good enough to play there. So uh, that's why I think the high school stuff is still going to matter. You've still got to bring guys in, and and especially at programs like Missouri, like South Carolina, like some of these programs kind of on that level. But look, you, you've got to be good at developing talent because you're not going to go out and get more four- and five-star kids than everybody else in this league. So you have to turn some of these players that the other schools didn't want into really good players. It was what Gary Pinkle did so well here and what, you know, Missouri has, has not replicated for the last eight years. And that's such a great point about Pinkle because, you know, you would look at a guy like that going back to the Big 12 days and his recruiting classes were kind of nowhere to be found, but his team lived in the top 25. And they had that defensive staff that just developed one defensive lineman, one front seven player after another. And you know what? Uh, you on the TLD Logistics Hotline, Gabe Darum, on that, that at the end of the day is how what it's all about. It is here. I, I mean, look, it, it, you know, I, I looked at the last three recruiting classes, I think, and like, Alabama signed 70 kids that were four stars and higher. Cool, they can do that. Georgia's at like 56. You know, uh, but if, if you're at a program that's not that, I mean, you're going to have to take some kids that were overlooked. I mean, the, the list of, of kids Gary Pinkle found from Brad Smith to Sean Weatherspoon to Denario Alexander, I mean, he had a lot of NFL players that were not four-star kids. You know, and... and that's not easy to do. I, I still think overall on a, a broad scale, recruiting rankings matter. But there are guys who have been able to consistently overachieve. Mike Leach was one. Mike Gundy's been one. Uh, Gary Pinkle's been one. You know, I, Mark Stoops, I, I feel like, is, is bordering on that. Um, so, you know, that that's what you have to do here. I mean, like it or not, you're not just going to sign a whole bunch of kids who walk in day one ready. What do Missouri fans and what do you feel about the incoming 2024 deal, this new eight-game schedule, uh, and the new reality for everybody involved when Oklahoma and Texas join the league? Well, 
I, I mean, I don't. I, I've come more and more to think: Can we just go back to 1992 and Missouri's in the Big Eight and the Southwest Conference exists and geography had something to do with it and conferences made sense? Like, I understand that's an old man take. Um, I, I would like it a little bit more. Um, I. I think everybody who's a fan of an SEC program or a Big Ten program kind of errs on the side of, well, this is great because we're the haves. Like, we're the people in the league that don't have to worry about the rest of this stuff. Overall, I think it's worse for the sport. Like, I watch a a sport already where there's 32 teams and nobody else, and, and those 32 teams have a chance to win. They play on Sunday. I don't need to watch that on Saturday. I don't want to watch a. I I don't want the Big Ten and the SEC to say, Forget the rest of you guys. We're going to do our own thing. That's not college football. I already watched it. Um, part of what I like about college football is, you know, a bowl game against a program that, that you've never seen before. And some of these matchups that are fun and, you know, uh, the chance for a, a Boise State or a TCU to make a run. Um, as far as the new look SEC, I mean, look, if you're not Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and I'm going to throw Oklahoma in there because, I understand some people think they're going to fall on their faces in the SEC. But Oklahoma's been one of the country's ten best programs for the better part of 60 years. So I, I tend to think they probably will be. Um, if you want to throw Texas in that conversation, okay, maybe, but they haven't done it for the last 15 years. But outside of those four programs, what's the reality that you're finishing in the top two of the SEC and, and ever regularly playing in an SEC title. Yeah, I, I mean, the reality is Missouri's probably played in its last SEC championship game. Arkansas is probably never going to get there. Tennessee might get there, but it's not going to be, you know, I don't think they're going in every year thinking it's a reality. Uh, the truth is it's going to be easier to be a 10 seed in a 12-team playoff than it is to be in the top two of the SEC. Um, so I think it's just changed what you're going to define as success. Um, and don't get me wrong, if, if one of these teams gets into a 12-team playoff and maybe one year manages to be the 7 or the 8 seed and hosts a playoff game, it's the greatest sporting event that's ever happened to the to that university. So that part's cool, um, but I don't know, man. I, I think that for the teams that are just trying to fight and claw to be in that conversation every few years, I think it's getting tougher. Here's the thing about, and you're talking about old man talk. Here's the thing I can't get over. Because we should be sitting on here talking about how they've messed these sports up with the lack of geographical integrity, displaced these fan bases, and they're paying the price for it. Gabe, college football's never been bigger. College baseball just had huge numbers for their postseason. The women's basketball thing exploded. The March Madness deal exploded. These sports, they, the transfer portal, like in that baseball deal, they're they're picking they're picking the lesser likes apart, building super teams. People are rewarding them. Uh, the, the football numbers last fall were obscenely great. Uh, in this transfer portal era, no geographical integrity. If anything. What they've learned, Gabe, is that they can't destroy these sports. Yeah. Well, and, Tony, you didn't even mention what I think is, is the most amazing part of it all. They are currently getting fans to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to have these rosters. I mean, in some cases, millions of dollars 
to to compile a roster, and the fans are funding it. It it is. I, I mean, I've said a number of times when NIL went into effect, I underestimated what it would be, because what I underestimated is how important college sports are to people, especially in the SEC. I mean, I hate the it just means more. I I hate it so much, but it's true. I mean, it, it's more important to people in this conference than it is almost anywhere or just anywhere else in the country. And it's proven week after week. I mean, people are complaining every day. Well, I hate this part. I hate that part, blah, blah, blah. But they're still watching and they're still going and they're still contributing their time and their money. And so as long as that's true, then why does any of this stuff need to change? And, it, you know, the, the goal of college football is not, you know, parity. They don't care. They don't care if Missouri's good, if Cal's good, if, you know, pick your team that, that is trying to fight its way up is good. They don't care. As long as people are watching, it doesn't matter to them who wins. It doesn't matter. I mean, the entire goal of the NFL is to drive everybody to be 8-9 and nine or 9-8, nine and eight, right? Salary cap, competitive balance, all these things. You know, if you're in Seattle, you have just as good a chance as if you're in Tampa or New York or whatever. And that has made that league popular. That's never been the goal of college sports. This has never been a level playing field. And as long as it continues to be successful, I I don't know why they need to change it. It's insane. I mean, they've completely altered it. You're right. I mean, the whole model itself has changed. I would have thought once they that these NILs, these collectives, figured out that loophole, that a lot of fans would have said, "Out of the hell with this." Uh, uh, but it's yeah. getting more popular. Well, well, you do wonder. I, I wonder what it's going to look like two, three years down the road when Missouri fans, Ole Miss fans, South Carolina fans, whatever, are going. Okay, our football team over the last four years cost us—I don't know—say twenty million dollars. Throw out that number, right? And, but like, we're still eight and four. You know, I mean, it, it hasn't really changed. So, will fans of, I, I mean, I don't think fans of Alabama or Oklahoma or o- Ohio State, I don't think they're ever going to say forget it because, like, they're going to remain at the top of the food chain and fans like winning. Um, but if you are a fan of a team that, you know, you're, you're eight and four. The upside, maybe you get to nine and three or ten and two every now and then, and you sneak in a playoff. But at, at some point, do the fans of those teams going, well, we were doing that before. Like, what is this investment getting me? You know, I, I still think it has to head to a point eventually where the schools are the ones paying the kids. Um, but I, I wonder if before then, at some point, some of these schools, some of these fans and, and donor bases are going to say, this doesn't make any sense. I, I, I give you, two million dollars last year and like we're still seven and five yeah i think that's a really good point and then it's going to augment the pressure on these coaches mm-hmm. and, and and everything else to come to that so when when the league goes to the three permanent uh teams on a schedule and then the six rotators who will missouri's three be i mean the 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 thought was before it was Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Vanderbilt. And here's what I like about the eight-game schedule. is The SEC and Greg Sankey clearly wanted nine. And it looked like they were going to get nine. And then if you believe the reports, you know, Nick Saban didn't like it. And um, a couple of the teams that are, you know, 
annually battling to get to six or seven wins didn't like it because they thought it made it harder for them to play in the the you know tire fire bowl in jacksonville every year um and so that didn't go through well when they did the eight game schedule i thought it was pretty clear greg Sankey said that's fine if you can't beat grown-ups and do something that's better for everybody if you're going to be selfish about it we'll give you eight games and you're all still going to get the three teams you were going to get under nine games they all did, if you look at it. I mean, if you look at what was floated under a nine-game schedule, they all got their three permanent rivals on the schedule. You know, so he said, that's cool. We'll do, we'll do eight. And if we have to do eight again next year, we'll do eight. You're still going to play the team. We, we thought you should play because uh, until you decide to be grown-ups and do – I mean, this is – everything we're talking about comes back to this. And, and I'm far from the first one to make this point. I mean, uh, you know, I, I listen to Dan Wetzel and, and Pat Forty on a podcast, and they make it all the time, like, None of these guys do what's good for everybody. They just do what's good for themselves, right? And and that's been the entire problem with college sports is nobody can get together and say, what actually makes sense for our league, for the sport as a whole? Everybody's just out there doing what's best for them, and it leads to all these problems. So um, I, I actually have a lot of respect for what Missouri's stance was in this thing because a lot of people were surprised when Missouri was one of the teams that voted for a nine-game schedule. But – Eli Drinkwitz told me a year ago we wanted a nine-game schedule. I, the AD here was was in favor of the nine-game schedule, and, and Eli said at SEC meetings this year, look, it might be harder for us, but this is better for the SEC. This is better for what we're trying to do. And I think that that's commendable for Drinkwitz for pushing something that he knows might be a little tougher for his team to get to that six- or seven-win threshold, but it's good for the sport and it's good for the league because – had more people done that, we'd see nine games next year. And, and do you really do you feel like that Missouri's going to end up with Arkansas, Oklahoma, Vandy when it's all said and done? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Arkansas and Oklahoma are, are kind of givens. Um, that makes sense. Arkansas doesn't have a, a you know a ton of like built-in rivalries, and that's the one that that's kind of been pushed since Missouri joined the league. Oklahoma obviously isn't going to join this thing with a with anybody that they've got as much of a history with as they do Missouri. And then, uh, you know, I, I liked what the SEC did, the way they devised the 2024 schedule. They said, because it was with an eye toward competitive balance, they divided it into Tier 1, Tier 2. And so the, the idea is, hey, we're going to give these teams that are maybe in Tier 2 maybe a, a little more sensible path than if you are Georgia or, you know, like, I've got no sympathy for Georgia or Alabama sitting out here complaining about their city. You're Georgia and Alabama. Come on. You've got every, you've had every advantage over everybody else in this league for 80 years. It, it, yeah, your schedule might be hard, but, you know, it, I mean, again, the NFL does it every year. The, the, the Kansas City Chiefs get the hardest schedule in the league because they've been the best team for five years. That's how it should be. You're exactly I, I, I right. I respect that. You're exactly right. And the eight team schedule. When you look at it, there's some sneaky great uh, matchups on it, yeah. and and if you're going to proceed that way, uh, go that route. Uh, get as many different matchups as you possibly can, and, and what you're going to do is you're going to break up a lot of longstanding uh, rivalries and that sort of thing. But again, and I hate this, but you can't kill these sports. They've already proven it. You can't kill it. Well, and I, I thought they did a pretty good job of keeping most of the games people want. You know, now you can't keep them all. There's, there's no way to do it. 
right? I, I mean, when I started looking at how can they do it, I mean, LSU and Florida are probably the toughest teams because they just have a bunch of games that, that people look at and say, well, we can't not have that one. We can't not have that one, uh, you know, but you, you got to not have some of them. But I, I always, in with my, my history in this league is obviously far shorter than yours and probably most of the people listening, but anytime this comes up, I always just go back to the funniest thing to me is that Missouri is the you know the the northernmost and the westernmost school in this league, mm. and they spent ten years in the Eastern Division, and the main reason was because Tennessee said no, we have to play Alabama. You know, I mean, they weren't going <laughs> to reconfigure everything because you had to have that Tennessee Bama game on the schedule, and Auburn and Alabama had That's to be in the same league, so there couldn't be a switch. And and I, you know, I, I I mean, Tennessee never won that game in those times until last year. Interesting, um, but. But the sensible thing was Missouri is in the Western Division. But the reason that didn't happen was because they needed these cross-division rivalries and this and that. And, and Tennessee-Bama was a game that had to be protected. I mean, at some point, some of that gets sacrificed if you want to just keep adding teeth to the league. Gabe D'Armond, you are, as I say in the trade, a gentleman and a scholar. And uh, now when will you be cranking up your podcast with the great Neil McCready? Well, that one has, has kind of gone by the wayside. That was something we did for a couple of years with our friend Jay Tate. We just all got busy and had other things to do. So we don't do that one anymore. But, um, you know, our our staff is, is getting weekly shows going here. Uh, we are actually, what is, I think we're 12 days from Missouri taking the stage at SEC Media Day. Wow. So, uh, That's healthy. Coming up next week or the week after, we're going to be weekly shows, you know, uh, and then post-game shows and all that. I mean, the off season just about done, uh, as we were talking before we came on. Much to the joy of fans and much to the chagrin of those of us who it means we actually have to work again. So if folks want to follow along, how do they find you? And I really do appreciate you, Gabe. Yeah, it's just Missouri.Rivals.com. Um, and then on Twitter, at least as long as Twitter is still functional, PowerMizzou.com with no dot. Um, you know they can they can find links to everything we do there. Twitter has turned into an absolute dumpster fire. I've I've got like twenty eight days left with TweetDeck, and when TweetDeck stops being free, it, it just may be death. I mean, what in the hell? What? what hey man, what? A, you know, Elon Musk has a lot of money. Like, I, I, hey, I ask people to pay for my service. If he wants people to pay for his service, I understand it. But shouldn't you but have thought you that through? Hey, hey, before he bought it, right, in a huff and took it over, shouldn't he kind of thought this thing through? Because you talk about a guy with no plan. That's a dude with no plan. Here's the deal. I am on Twitter solely because I need to be on Twitter yes. for my job to yes. follow news. Yes. The second Twitter costs money, all these high school kids are not going to pay for it, and I no longer need to be on Twitter, so I'm good. You will be an ex twitter in other words. Absolutely. Gabe, thank you. Good talking to you. All right, Tony. Thanks, man. Gabe DeArmond, one more time. Brian, the Twitter thing, somebody told me over the weekend they had like a, um, they had just announced arbitrarily there was a limit on the number of clicks you could have. Like if you clicked on more than 24, you had to like sign up for a plan or whatever it was. And I'm going, that can't be real. Right? That can't be real, right, Bri? That can't be real. Well, I've yet to come close to exceeding that, so it won't in- impact me as much as it might some. 
Uh, it will be. I, I um, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely kind of makes me feel good about my decision to just use Twitter to find some news every now and then and find information instead of instead of other stuff. I'll say this: this Twitter Spaces thing that we're utilizing is a really neat tool. It's a really neat tool, but I'm with him. It's like when you start charging me and everybody else for participating in this, how many of these people are going to be here? For something that was free for however many years for this has been now. 15 12 years. years 15 over years or so, yeah. A decade and a half or yeah, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no so, thanks. And I think I saw where um, uh, Fakebook is launching their own product that's similar to this see that's the thing about these spaces and the whole tech sector i was listening to kara swisher talk about this and you know what's happened here is that a lot of this funding of these projects is going by the wayside because a lot of these investors are going these are wealthy people that are funding this stuff but you know the money eventually runs out for all of it and then they go, well, how are you monetizing what you're doing? And, you know, my thing with Elon Musk is, I mean, shouldn't you have thought about that before you took it over in a huff? I, I don't know. Just a thought for you. We'll come back. 865-200-5402. We continue because it's... Um, Apple pie, Chevrolet, and a little bit of baseball after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer.
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. Yeehaw, folks! Cowboy Clyde back, and I'm teaming up with Harness LLC to tell you about the Murray County Sheriff's Rodeo. Happening Friday and Saturday night. Kids under 11 are getting in free, with the first 100 of them getting a free cowboy hat. All proceeds go to help reserve deputy programs, like Shop with a Cop and School Resource Officer programs to teach our youngins about the dangers of drugs, tobacco, and alcohol. Pony rides, a petting zoo, bareback bronc riding, steer wrestling, bull riding, and woo doggy, you'll have a great time with the family. So get your cowboy boots on and get ready for a good time that won't cost you a fortune. The Murray County Sheriff's Rodeo just over yonder at the Murray County Park in Columbia. Friday and Saturday, gates open at 5.30, show starts at 8. If you need more info, go to murraycountysheriffsrodeo.com. That's murraysheriffsrodeo.com. It's all brought to you by Harness LLC, build people, move dirt. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Chilio, back with you. It is an incredible, you got to break it down scientifically as I move right to left and left to right and vertically through your device today on this July 5 and and I would imagine my friend Lindsay from the Smokies feels the same way because they had a full ballpark last night, including my, uh, my my son Anthony was up there with friends. He said they put on an incredible show. He said y'all put on an incredible show. And, uh, Lindsay, how tired are we after a night like that? We are, we're definitely tired, but we're excited to get back into the swing of things later tonight and the rest of the week. Yeah, because, like, tonight's the all-you-can-eat deal, right? Exactly. Yep. We have all you can eat tonight 
And then tomorrow we have Thirsty Thursday presented by Coors Light. And it's $3 for a 20-ounce draft beer. So it really Boom. doesn't get much better than that. Uh, it ain't going to get much better than that. And the ball last night was flying out of that ballpark. A ton of home runs and mm-hmm. and a ton of fireworks as well. And that's another theme, right? Yes. We had a huge fireworks show last night. And we're going to have more fireworks this weekend. Friday, we have our Friday night fireworks show as part of our summer fireworks series. And then Saturday, for our Grateful Dead night, we're also going to have a Grateful Dead-themed fireworks show at the end. What? Yeah. So it's going to go all to Grateful Dead music. So are you a Grateful Dead fan, Lindsay? I will say they are a little bit before my time, but I'm definitely learning (laughs) more and more. This is our second year in a row doing a Grateful Dead night. So each year I learn a little bit more about them. And I I would say I'm a fan at this point. So the the band you guys bring in are very good, like they're renowned. Yes. So we have the Stolen Faces. They were here last year as well, and they're doing a pregame and a postgame concert, and they're really incredible. That's a lot of music. A lot, yeah. We'll have music going all night long. The Stolen Faces, huh? The, the, so yeah. we'll see some tie-dye shirts up there on uh, oh, on Friday night doing their thing. Do you, on Saturday night. Or Saturday night, I'm sorry. I'm, I always, I'm good at the details, Lindsay. Um, yes, we'll have all kinds of stuff. And our players are going to be wearing Grateful Dead-themed jerseys benefiting remote area medical. So they are specialty jerseys, Saturday night only, and they're available for auction. They will be in a couple days. You'll have to stay posted on our social medias and our website. But you can bid on these specialty jerseys, and they're player-worn, and they'll be autographed after the game. You can just take it home with you right when the game ends. And that is a tremendous ministry, Ram is, that uh, what they do is they give health care, dental, vision, those sorts of things to Mm -hmm. people in regions that, you know, we take those things for granted, but they take those services to the people. And that is an incredible ministry that you guys are helping to serve. Definitely, yeah. They're sponsoring the entire night, and then the proceeds, all of those jerseys, they're going to be benefiting remote air medical. So we love working with them. They're just so incredible. That's an incredible, insanely great thing. So you guys are stacked and packed, but that's not all. That's not all. So then Sunday, we have our Christopher Morell bobblehead giveaway presented by Vanderbilt Mortgage and Finance. The first 1,000 fans through the gates are taking home that bobblehead, and for those of you who don't know Christopher Morrell, he was here at Smoky Stadium in 2021 and a little bit of 2022 before he got called up directly to the Cubs, where he just had a crazy season, went on a crazy run, something like a 22-23 game hit streak, and he just went crazy. And this year he's been having a fantastic year as well. So we're so excited to be having a bobblehead of him. Well, the thing that's incredible about what you do there is the, the level of baseball that you see is there are a bunch of guys uh, across the Southern League down through the years that will jump from mm-hmm. AA right to the majors and make immediate impacts. I'll never forget the year that the uh, Cubs finally broke through and won the World Series. Um, yeah. Several of those guys that were on that World Series, guys, several of them 
within 18 months before that were playing right here in Knoxville. I'm talking like yeah. seven or eight of them. Yeah. Honestly, most of that like starting lineup, I think, from that team were all here. Amazing. And, mm-hmm. and, and just went there. And now the Cubs are having a great cycle again because the talent level uh, that's right there in, in – in on that roster there are some really really great prospects there as well so another reason to get out not to mention the fact that now that we're starting to see some of tony vitello's guys uh, making their way uh and and they're there in the southern league as well so there are tons of things to promote and and i think is it um max ferguson's on that roster right liam spence or liam spence i'm sorry yeah yes he has not played yet, but we're hoping that he'll play soon. But, yes, he is on our roster as of now. Now, have you had a chance to be around him and his accent? I have. When we took his headshot, I knew that he had an accent, did not know how strong it was going to be. All of a sudden, he started talking because I'm a student at UT now. So, of course, I was like, okay, are you going to make Rocky Top your walk-up song? Like, what are we going to do? And he starts talking, and it, it kind of caught me off guard, his accent. That is so... That is so great. He was he was a very, very nice guy. Um, so you have a ton of baseball. Just to recap one more time, left this week. We've got tonight's we all, all you can eat. Wednesday tonight. Thirsty Thursday have, tomorrow. Yes, exactly. Thirsty Thursday tomorrow. Friday fireworks. Friday night fireworks. Saturday Grateful Dead. Yep. Sunday Christopher Morell bobblehead. Exactly. How'd I do? Fantastic. You got it all. You did better. Because here, <laughs> here's the deal. Eris, you know, when he comes on here, he kind of mails it in. Mm-hmm. And when you come on, you bring the energy and you bring oh, it to the table. You. So you can tell Eris that I said he mails it in. Tell him <laughs> I said he reminds me of James Harden during okay. his appearances on here. Can you remember okay. that? Yeah. Who would I compare him to? James Harden. Okay, thank you. I've got it. You I'll have relay it. the message. Hey, from the time the game is played Saturday until the jerseys go up for auction, do we know when those jerseys are going to appear? I don't know the official day. They will probably become available for auction Friday, at some point on Friday. Okay. And then the bidding will end Saturday at 8.30 p.m. Okay, very good. And that's for the Grateful Dead jerseys, uh, which will be worn on Saturday, because that would be really, really fun to uh, help Ram and then get one of those as well. Definitely. Uh, The jerseys are so cool this year. I'm so excited for them. Yeah, I'm going to go on there and try and grab one for myself to to play some music in, because that that, that seems like some... That seems like some really cool uh, musical kind of clothing. But, mm-hmm. uh, Lindsay, on the way out, anything else you'd care to add? And I appreciate you. Yeah, I think we're good. Just stay up to date on our social medias. You can find us on any platform at Smokey's Baseball, or you can find us at SmokeysBaseball.com, especially if you're looking to get a Grateful Dead jersey. That's where you'll find it. Lindsay, thank you. Thank you so much. And I thank Lindsay from my Tennessee Smokies and your Tennessee Smokies who are home the rest of the week. The weather's going to be pretty good and an opportunity for you to get out there and 
Anthony was up there with his buddies last night, and he, he said, Dad, they, they really put on a great show up at uh, Smoky Stadium last night. Uh, Brian, he said at one point there were so many uh, fireworks going off, Brian. There were so many fireworks. Yeah. You couldn't even see yourself, he said. You he, so much smoke. He worked up there one summer. What was it like for him to not have to, to be up there but not have to work? Well, he to just kind of enjoy life. saw some of his old buddies. He went and saw a lot of his old buddies that are up there. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how Anthony is. Anthony is a, uh, he's a friend maker. So he, he was, and he admires how hard those folks work because it is you talk about some hard work. He didn't have to get yanked off the tarp. Oh my! This oh, time, that's a great story. Let's go back to the phone. <laughs> Carried off a tarp. He said, "One of those big old guys." And my son's not little; he's a lot bigger than I am. He uh, he said that dude just picked him up and removed him like he was an inanimate object. Just you're on my tarp. Get off my tarp. Let's go to the phones. I was watching him roll out the tarp today at Wimbledon, and those kids there, when they're ready to pull the tarp, the way they take the nets down, they must drill those people because they can get those nets down, get those posts down, and get that tarp up. It's a matter of seconds as they do that. But I always like the way they stand, Brian, how prim and proper they are with their hands behind their back. It looks really comfortable to be I didn't know that they put a tarp girls. on a tennis court. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't think that was service that you could slip on. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Happy belated 4th of July, Tony. Same, and same to you. Andy Joe. Yes, sir. Hey, Tony, you know you've arrived when you're on CNBC and you, they do 30 for 30s for you, don't you? And who would that be? Joey Chestnut. Oh, he, was on, he was on CNBC about 30 minutes ago on the floor of the stock exchange. Hey, hey, listen. The man is eating the world, dude. I mean, what a yeah, great gimmick. Yeah, tw- over 1,200 hot dogs in the last 15 years, and they oh, said 32,000, 132,000 calories. Oh. And you know what? The big se- – well, I don't want to get into that, but how those guys stay so thin is beyond me. The guys and gals that do it, but I do know how they stay thin, and we're not going to well, get into yeah. that. Yeah, we won't, we won't go there. Now, some of People them are, are eating. so thin. People are eating. That's right. Uh, uh, some of them aren't so thin, but uh, anyway uh, – Two things. Uh, I guess, did you see the uh, sort of amplifying the guy from uh, Missouri that you were talking to? Did you see where the IRS had ruled about two weeks ago that NIL uh, contributions made to collectives uh, are not uh, tax-free anymore? They're not tax-deductible? They're going to be a taxable event now. Mm. You know, now, you know, that's it, what gives Texas and the, in the Texas schools right now that loophole that they've got in their law, their state law, Joe. That's the big rub because now when you contribute to those schools, that is, uh, that is something that uh, you can write off. And you also accrue points within the university system. Whereas when you give to Spire now locally – um, if, if we, I didn't see that, but if what you're telling me is accurate, uh, 
first of all, the tax benefit you won't get, but also, even more to the point, you don't get the benefit of points toward your seating for tickets and that sort of thing and all the various benefits that come from being a donor at a university. Right. So the Texas schools really have an edge right now. Well, they do, but uh, that that potentially could be going away for everybody, it, it sounds like. Now, they, they had a cutoff date. Uh, I think the prior stuff that you had donated would be tax deductible. I think as of July 1st, it became a taxable event. But if you're giving to a university... It's always going to be tax deductible, Joe. Right, as long as it's to Texas, the university, and that's why but, Texas has an edge. Because what they're doing is, you will give your NIL money directly to them, and they will distribute it to athletes, and that's unbeatable. You're right; it is. It, 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 and I'm wondering how quickly other states will go to that footprint, and whether or not they'll close that loophole too. Well, that, 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 see, that's the game of cat and mouse that they've got. Yes, sir. Relative to all this stuff. And, and, uh, as we've all said, it's a moving target. And I guess we're going to find out how fast the government's going to react. And that may be their way of legislating indirectly NIL is using the Internal Revenue Service to do it. I think you're right. I, I, and that makes rather than passing law, and that and that makes sense uh, on its face. That makes sense. That keeps Congress out of it, and sure. uh, it doesn't get. It, it's political, but it's it's not. If you get what I'm saying. But I so, think uh, I think Joe, you're more likely to see states adopt Texas's law, which allows the universities then to take over, to some extent, the distribution of funds. Now, some would argue, well, that's a Title IX violation. Well, we'll watch and see what happens with Texas. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, it's it's a moving target, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I didn't know if you were aware of that or not. I was not. Uh, The other thing is, are you aware of this? The NCAA and the college baseball uh, uh, folks, the coaches, I guess it was, uh, have sent out a memorandum to all Division One, Two, II, and Three schools relative to reporting tampering. And uh, they haven't set anything about penalties yet, but they are telling uh, member schools that if they don't report other member schools that are tampering that they may be found as in much in violation as the folks that are actually tampering if they have evidence of it. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens relative to that situation because I know you've been talking recently about all this tampering that might have gone on with Chase Burns uh, relative to LSU. Well, we had one last year at Vanderbilt with Christian Little uh, and LSU. And I will say this, we were glad to see Christian Little leave because he was a 
attitude problem from the word go last year and uh, got suspended several times. And we, we just basically said, go on, son. If you want to go to LSU, just leave. And he left, and, and he, he had an abject disaster of a season. Yeah, he stunk there. Um, here's the thing, Joe. The NCAA can send all the memos out they want. They can warn. They can slap some hands. They can do whatever they're going to do. These coaches are going to tamper with each other's rosters. They're not going to report other other coaches for tampering because they're all engaging in the same behavior. They're being incentivized to engage in that behavior. And if Tim Corbin wants to remain in that sport at a high level, he better start tampering. That's all i got to say to you, big boy. I don't, you know, I, I, do, I don't see that in his DNA, uh, me knowing him like I do. I just don't see that in his DNA. I think he'll retire before that occurs. Uh, and, uh, well, you know, the only thing I can say is, is this, well, I guess we'll see, uh, he, uh, he has been able to get two relatively decent, uh, guys out of the transfer portal and is after a couple of more, uh, hopefully, hopefully he'll get him a catcher. There you go. There you go. They're uh, in short supply apparently these days, but Joe, thank you. Joe brought a couple of rather interesting points to the table. The NCA can send all the memos they want. How are you going to prove that somebody's tampering with somebody else? You you think Jay Johnson was texting Chase Burns? Of course he wasn't. Jay Johnson was working, his people were working around the margins with Chase Burns' representatives. Now, who's going to prove that? And And does the NCA have subpoena power? No, they don't. So this thing about blustering toward, well, if you know somebody's being tampered with you, no, I'm just going to go down there and tamper with somebody else's player using the same methods. And why wouldn't I? Because to the NCA, I would say this, right to their face. Now, the new president didn't do this. He's, you know, he comes in from, he comes in from up in New England and in, uh, in the political world. But the reality is, hey, look. I'm just playing by the rules you people have created. And in a competitive situation, just like in the old days, I'm going to walk as close to that line without going over it as I possibly can. What's going over the line? Probably walking out on the field and putting your arm around a kid and saying, hey, we like you. Brian, last year when um, Wofford came in here, I would say it would be excessive if Tony would have walked the kid over to his dugout and said, hey, this can all be yours. Son, let me take you on a tour. Short of that, short of that, what wouldn't you do to get a kid uh, who was uh, an all-league player that could play both corner uh, infield and outfield positions for you? What wouldn't you do for that guy? Well, these, these, team, these teams that come in here and play are taking some of their kids without knowing it on a recruiting visit. That's exactly what they're doing. That is exactly what they're doing. When a Wofford comes in here, would they have a player like a yes. Lipscomb that they have a player? Yes. In the midweek, even SEC, even other SEC programs like say a Mississippi State. Exactly. This year. Exactly. Dakota Jordan is an example. Exactly. Back to the. Phones Although I think he's going to stay put. Let's go back to the phones. Get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey Tony. Hey Brian. Joshy boy. Under wings. Joshy. Tony. Uh, I want to say something real quick before I get to my questions and yep. points. Yep. 
I'm probably going to piss some people from the University of Tennessee off fans, but uh, we don't care about our players that are being drama queens and want to leave. We care about this university. If you don't want to be here, then leave. Well, that's my favorite thing about the portal is, look, like with the Burns guy, right? If your feelings are hurt and you look at a coach and you say, hey, I can't trust you, go. There's nothing wrong with that. And, by the way, I wish him well. I, wish I do, a, too. I wish all yeah. those guys well. But, you know, like, I'm a Sixers fan, right? The concept of James Harden, and you follow the NBA, the concept huh. of a sulking James Harden playing out his final year, final year in Philadelphia next year is, is disgusting to me. I think I would rather go out, and I'm highly allergic to it. I think I'd rather go out and roll around in poison ivy for an hour and live with the consequences than have to look at James Harden's dribble, 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 fat, 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 rear end, hold the basketball, and sulk around for a season. Dribble, 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 fat, fat, fat. I would, too. Now, do you and Bronny agree with what I said? I care more about this university winning than people causing trouble like players well i don't know who you're who you're referencing who who's causing trouble Bujashi? well you tony you obviously know who i'm talking about chase burns i don't think he's causing he, trouble he won't he answer phone calls he won't pick up the phone that's not causing he's, trouble no, he just left it? he look i'll ask you would you trade Chase Burns for the haul they've gotten out of the portal? Because essentially what they've done is they've taken money that was earmarked for him, and they said, we'll pay you this, 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 we'll pay They got like seven guys for the price of one. I'm oh, yeah, I know. We, I'm not saying it's exactly, we, but I'm saying we that's had a really good transfer portal the yeah. past week. Yeah. But, uh. If I'm Chase Burns, I would at least hear Tony Vitello out, you know, hear what he's got to say. Don't you agree? Well, the weirdest thing, and I said this last week about Burns, is that he, there's been no movement on him matriculating somewhere else. There have been no, he's visiting somewhere. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. It's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. 
Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and Chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. 
This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this Southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.